Well, good morning. I got it. Is there anybody else who wants to do all of that again? Like, can we just, praise team, can we just start over? Can you come back out? And I'm kidding, please don't. Um, oh, man, our God is a good God. Amen. Forgive me, I've told this story one other time, but I want to tell this story very briefly today because um, if you are a parent, I'm about to make you feel very good about your parenting skills. We had just moved here. Um, We decided that we would check out the John Ball Zoo. And as we went to see all 18 animals, I'm just kidding, it was 19, um, we go to the John Ball Zoo and all of a sudden we're looking around because we're somehow petting stingrays. Um, we turn around and we recognize that we, we had lost our youngest child. Um, now, one out of four is not that bad, you think. However, it is a child. Um, and so we start panicking. We're running around everywhere. We find him outside the entrance of the zoo. Parent fell number one. A few hours later, we decided to go downtown. We're meeting some friends there. I'm looking around. There's this hot dog place. You know what I'm talking about, where you can go right across from the little place where you can ice skate and everything else. I forget the name of it. Don't correct me right now. So there's this hot dog place. We go grab some hot dogs, and all of a sudden, we recognize as we're celebrating having found our lost child that he was now gone again. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. Um, I see him in the middle of the street. I run, grab him within a foot of being hit by a car. Parent fell number two. That was awesome, isn't it? Later that day, I I decided uh, that we would take up the Van Dykes, some good friends of ours, to go to their house. Uh, They live on a lake, and so I'm like, yeah, this will be fun water. Um, It's it's one of four days above 80 degrees, so let's go do this. Um, And so we go out there, we're sitting there, and I'm engaged in conversation, and once again, we recognize that we had lost the same child again. My friend had looked over, and Bennett, our now six-year-old at the time, two-and-a-half-ish, was face down in the water. My friend jumps over there, grabs him, even though he's got a life vest on, and pulls him out of the water. And, of course, what do we hear? (sighs) And crying. Mom's crying. Child just gasping for air. That's all in one day with the same child. First, does anybody here feel like a better parent right now? You're welcome. He gets pulled out of the water and he's sucking air. Why? This isn't hard because we need air. We need oxygen to breathe. And if we're not breathing, we are then going to die And we must recognize that we're all breathing in and breathing out. Inhale, exhale. That's what we're doing right now. And the struggle for so many people in life today is that we're breathing in things that are actually poisoning our lives. Poisoning who we are in our relationships. And we don't even recognize it. And sometimes we feel like we can't breathe, and then when we start breathing, we're just sucking for air as much as we can. And so what would our life really look like 
if we, if we breathed in Holy Spirit, if we allowed God, if we allowed the Holy Spirit to come into our life in such a significant way, into our marriages, into our relationships, if we allowed him to come into our intentionality of being purposeful and, and jumping into Scripture and into the Word of God, what would that look like? Why? Because we need to breathe in and breathe out. There's a rhythm to life that involves God, that involves Christ, that involves Holy Spirit. And so today what I'm praying is that we'd, we'd discover by breathing in God, breathing in his word, by inhaling him, that we would grow to have the courage to surrender everything of this world that's temporary for the things that are eternal. So we get to do that today. And we're starting this series looking, inhale, exhale, exhale we're looking at this series walking through a bunch of of the Psalms. We're obviously not going to do all of them, but every day this summer, it's a, it's a series, but at the same time, it's a standalone. Every week, you can just jump into, and we're going to be discovering things that God is wanting us to breathe in so that we can exhale those very things into our life. We're understanding that everything we breathe in impacts our heart, but when we breathe out, it impacts those around us. And we want to breathe in God and Holy Spirit here at Chapel Point as much as humanly possible. So that we can breathe it out in how we speak to others and how we treat them and how we parent and how we love people around us and how we care for them. And so that's what we're doing during this series. So it's going to be a fun summer for us. I'm really excited about it. And today we get to start a course with Psalm chapter 1. Uh, it's not a very long passage. I'd invite you to open up and just stay there with me the entire morning. Uh, Psalm chapter 1 as we get to look at this. As you turn to that, I want to give you a little bit of a background on Psalms. And I know we've had a lot of people teach on the Psalms and different things here in the, in the church. Every church has. Um, yes, Psalms is the longest book of the Bible. Um, if Most people, what they do is they open up the Word of God and they say, go to the middle of it. And there you go. There's Psalms. That's, for the most part, that's true. It depends on what type of study Bible you may have. But it's right there for us. It's, it's part of the wisdom literature. Um, and that's important for us to know as well. About half of the Psalms were written by David. Uh, there's about a third of the Psalms. We're not sure who the author is other than the Almighty God. Uh, but in terms of who literally penned it. Um, but about half of them by David. It's curious to me though that it's spoken to as being wisdom literature. Because we think of wisdom differently than what the Bible describes wisdom as being. Wisdom is not the ability to simply make wise choices. I would define it as the ability to make godly choices. Right? It's the same premise of saying that, well, because something is legal, then it's okay. No, something being legal doesn't make it right morally. And so what we want to do is we want to be able to look at the Psalms and we want to be able to learn and breathe in the Holy Spirit and to breathe in Scripture and to breathe in God in such a way where we make godly choices in everything that we're doing. So we want to look at that and examine that. Why? Because really wisdom is a skill for living that is reflective of God, that is reflective of Christ. And so we get to do that very thing. Um, the Psalms really give us an opportunity to discover who God is and what he's done. 
And he gives us an opportunity to respond to him. Uh, Psalms is divided into five different sections, which is interesting um, because of the Torah, five different books, the Pentateuch that we have there, the law. Um, And so here we find the same thing. Here's what they are, and I've shared this with you several years ago, but we're going to be doing this every week. We're going to explore three different questions that the Psalms answer every single week. One, um, the first thing is, who is God? We're going to learn about who God is, more about who he is, his character, his love, and his passion for his people. Second, we're going to learn more about who we're made to be. You know, if you only go, well, this is who God is, and that doesn't impact who you are now to be, then there's something wrong with it. And that's the third part. That's how we should live. So who is God? Who are we made to be? And then how should we live ourselves? How does it change us? How does it, we would say at Chapel Point, how does it transform us? We're to be transformed followers of Jesus. We don't think that salvation is a one-time experience, but we believe it's a continual process, also known as sanctification. And so we are going to examine those things. Why? Because here's going to be the target of the entire summer, is to be God-centered, Christ-exalting. That's what we want, living a life of worship. And we're going to learn more about what God's plan is for our own life. When you learn more about who God is and who we are made to be and then how we should live, it's going to give you a greater purpose in living life together. Because when not living in God's purposes and plan, you're wasting your life. I want to be very clear about that. When you're not living according to God's purpose and plan, you're wasting your life. Because we would say very simply... That that means you're living for the temporary things rather than the eternal things. And if you want to live for a bunch of temporary things, you're wasting your life compared to living your life for something that is eternal and that's Christ-exalting. I mean, think about the difference of those two things. And so we don't want to waste our lives. We don't want to waste what God has called us to. We want to live a life of purpose. We want to live a life that God has really planned for us to live in. And that involves living and being in relationship with God. And some of you are already planning that this week you're going to go live just like you did last week. You're fulfilling your responsibility. You're coming to church, but you're going to walk out of here and your life's not going to look any different than it did a week ago. Because some of you have an addiction to a sin. Some of you are living in a way that is just completely self-absorbed. And this is what you want to do. And you want everybody to feed you exactly what you want to be fed. And that's it. And you've already got your plans to go live your life the way you've always lived your life. And you're not going to allow the Holy Spirit to come in, to drip in, to pour into your life, and to change everything about it. And then you're going to blame God later on for not redeeming and saving your marriage when God is going to look at you in the end days and say, well, why didn't you ever let me have control? And my prayer is that you would say, no, I'm I'm not going to plan to live my normal life. Do you believe that God, once he comes into your life, that he can transform everything about you? Yes or no? Does that mean that he could possibly rearrange your upcoming week? How, what? 
You mean the creator of the universe could rearrange my, no, no, no. I've got to stick to what I've already planned and I have to do exactly as I have planned. Even if it's the sin stuff and I'm not, I'm going to be bitter and I want to be angry and I'm going to gossip and I'm going to slander and I'm going to make sure I live life the way I want to live life. And God is running in and going, no, I have more for you. He has more for you. And so this is what it does. It jumps into helping us know what not to do and what to do if we are to pursue God in that way to allow him to change our life. It tells us in verse 1 and following, Blessed is the man who walks not the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. Now, we already know the general meaning of the word Torah. I mentioned that before is instruction or teaching. And so what we find here is from the book of Psalms, this instruction, this teaching on how we need to live. And this first, this first chapter, so much of it is about how we should live according to his truth and his word, according to scripture, according to God. And he says three things right away that we are not to do. Right? So that helps. Sometimes we just go live for God and then we don't have enough guidelines or parameters to help us know what that really means. Well, he's going to give them to you. All right? So I want to call them out and I know I'm going to go quickly, but here we are. First thing is, it says, this person, he says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Does anybody want to say that they're going to be blessed by God? Anybody want to be blessed by God? Raise your hand. If you don't, man, you just feel really good about yourself. So if you want to be blessed, a blessed man, a blessed woman, okay, here are some things that you should not do. Walk in the plans of the wicked. You better not walk in the plans of the wicked. Another way of saying it is you better know who you're listening to. You better know, and that's, that's a great struggle we have today, isn't it? Of trying to decipher who do we listen to today? Who's, whose voice do we listen to? Where do you seek out counsel? And how are we going to process that? And so you have to make sure that you're not walking in the plans of the wicked. That you're, you better know who you're listening to. He also says, don't stand in the path of sinners. Don't stand in the path of sinners. You better know who you're spending time with. And if you're influencing them toward Christ, or if they're influencing you away from Christ. Those are the discussions we have with our children. We, um, you know, my kids will ask, hey, do we only hang out with other people who believe just like us? I said, no. We, we, we want you to have friends. Uh, but yes, in terms of there, there's that place where if they're influencing you away from Christ, we have to examine your maturity and the time that you should be spending with them. You should be influencing them toward Christ. Do you see the difference? And caring for them and praying for them. 
And so you, you need to know who you're spending time with. Also, you better not be sitting in the seat of mockers or a scoffer. You better know what you value. You better know where you're willing to give yourself, what you're willing to give yourself to. It's something we, we like to say here at Chapel Point or ask the question, how many conversations have you had in the last week with eternal consequence? It makes you go, wow, what am I giving value to? What am I listening to? Who am I spending time with? And so we instead want to be blessed, and the blessed person's delight is what? It tells us it is in the law. It is in the Lord's instruction. It is in his teaching and listening to it. So this is, this is instructing us then on what we should do as people who love God. And one of the things that we must do if we say we love God is we have to delight in his word. We have to delight in his truth. And what it means for our life, that means we trust that it's greater than what we could want or desire for ourselves. And the hindrance that we can sometimes run into with that understanding is that deep preference that sometimes we have as a sinner. Well, this is what makes me feel better right now, and we want to run toward that. Rather than saying, you know what, I want to live according to his promises because I believe they're greater. I believe that they, they're going to give me a, a better understanding of what it is to have a plan for my life a purpose in my life, and to run toward him. How do they find this delight in the, the word, or in the Lord, is by meditating in the word. It's something that I wanted to do before I was, some of my prayer was just praying scripture earlier. And it's something that I love to do, is just, even if it's just a verse or two, and I get lost in just repeating phrases and processing what God is wanting to teach me and show me. And so what it's done is it, it's, we, it's reawakened my heart sometimes when I feel like the flame has gone out. By meditating on his word. And God is wanting to empower his people when we meditate upon his word to guide the culture that we're in. This is society that we're in for his glory and power. It's part of what we must understand is that we don't want to, to walk in the plans of the wicked or stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. What we want to do is we want to meditate, delight in his word and impact others around us because we understand also that the more we inhale his truth, the more we inhale scripture, the more we exhale scripture. And scripture is truth. Scripture is love. Scripture is God. Scripture is grace. Scripture teaches forgiveness and goodness and kindness. And it teaches accountability. And the more we inhale this, the more we can exhale it in our own life. Right? Have you ever noticed there are certain people that you can hang out with and you start doing some of the same things that they do after time? Or saying the same things that they say after time. One of my daughters the other day, um, she's never said this before. And I know that this isn't really a Michigan thing. But she goes, you betcha. And I said, you will not say that again. 
that's not Southern-like of you. And I like, where did you hear that from? I don't know, just some friends. And so according to who you hang out with, you start speaking like them. And, and, and you start even picking up some of their characteristics and some of the things that they do. Right? And so it's no different with the Word of God when you start living in the Word of God and you start meditating on it and you start living in it. It starts to come out of you differently. You start to reflect that. Listen, it's, it's not complicated. The reason we struggle reflecting Christ is because we don't spend enough time with Christ. Because anybody you spend time with, you start to mimic. You start to act like in some way, some form, some fashion. I mean, I can show you that not only with my children, but I can show you that with anybody. Right? I, I get to spend joyous amounts of time with our staff here at Chapel Point. And I find myself doing and saying some things that they do. And I go, oh man, that was so Nathan Potter that I just, what I just said. Or man, that was so Jim Jeffrey. And then people laugh at me, you know, oh, you said a Jim Jeffreyism, and you know, we do that whole thing, right? It's, it's what, why? Because you spend time together. So you better know who you're spending time with. You better know if you're wanting to, to emulate who they are. And they better be reflecting Christ. And when you spend time camping out in the Word, meditating on it day and night, what it does is it starts to pour out of you. You start to exhale that every single time you breathe, when you speak, when you act. Because what it's doing is you're allowing Scripture to shape you, to form you, to mold you. Are you allowing his word to shape you and to mold you and to form you into an image that is reflective of the Almighty? Or do you want just enough of it to feel good for a moment and to go on your normal path in life? And yet we know the Bible is love and the Bible is power and it is renewal, and it is hope, and it is joy, and goodness, and kindness, and self-control, and righteousness, and holiness, and passion, and zeal. It's all of these things. And if we're not portraying, if we're not projecting those things in our own life, the question must be asked, are we inhaling those things to begin with. Right? When our children were growing up um, as babies, you have all those little things of baby food. I should have bought into Gerber, right? And our oldest loved the sweet potatoes and the carrots, right? Just loved them. So I even tried them once. I was like, man, it's got to be good. So I, I, it wasn't. And, but he kept eating them. And so I was like, fine, I'll just keep feeding him sweet potatoes and carrots. Literally, his complexion changed. He turned a bit orange. Literally. Like, this is literal. Anybody else? You know what I'm talking about? Yes, you know what I'm talking about. See, there are other bad parents in here. Um, <laughs> he literally, he's turning orange. And I looked at him one day because my wife said, honey, come here. Yes, ma'am, what's up? Something's wrong. And he was orange. 
And she was, she was a little panicky, I won't lie. She's like, if you draw black lines on him, he'll look like a pumpkin. Like, like what? It's because that's what we were feeding him, and that's all we fed him. So I threw in some applesauce, and it helped. But it's what you inhale, what you bring into your body impacts the way you look and the way you treat others and the way you speak. Are you inhaling the word of God? The ones who struggle so much in jumping into the word, I have to say, I think one of the primary reasons why is you probably don't understand the fullness of what God really did for you because it's so awesome. Are you willing to reflect him? To allow scripture to shape you. And we've got to do it because, guys, here's the thing. God's plan, God's plan is to use you to tell the entire world about his son, Jesus Christ. That's his plan. That's God's plan is to use every one of you to be an instrument to speak his love and his truth and his power to the entire world. And so if we're not inhaling him, it's going to be awfully hard to exhale him. Verse 3 and following, it says, He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so. They're not going to prosper. They're not going to yield their fruit. Right? But are like chaff that the, the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked, verse 5 says, therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. And the final verse, verse 6, says, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So here's David, who's the author here. And David is jumping in, and he lived for quite a while in the desert. Remember when he was trying to escape King Saul? David was the second king of Israel. Saul was the first king. Um, David's best friend was Jonathan, the son of Saul, but Saul hated David. That makes sense? I think I said it correctly. So all this drama is taking place. And so at one point, David even left and ran and camped out in the desert in order to escape Saul. So he's doing that entire thing. And as he's there, and he had already done it previous, previously in life, I'm sure, as a shepherd. And so he, he probably knew the area, but he had seen this vast, the vast brownness of rock and dirt that is so much of that area of the world. And we know that he even spent time, though, near the springs of En Gedi. And what he would have seen is, I showed you this picture earlier when it came to the, uh, just a few weeks ago with the Word of God. I was showing this picture that is showing all the brown and the rock, and yet you have this stream coming through and the lust vegetation that it's now producing because of the water. So that's the difference in our life. That's, yes, that's why we have two different trees up here. Because you have one person, this is, we're going to say that this is a person that is absorbing the word of God and meditating on his truth day and night and living in it. And then you have the other person. I, I like the weeds even growing in the base there, right? 
And there's some greenery to it. But I don't know anybody who's going to go to a nursery and look at these trees and go, oh, I want that one. All right? Nobody's going to go, I, 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 this is, oh yeah, this is me. And yet that's the person who chooses to not meditate on the word of God. To allow Holy Spirit to fill them. To allow the Holy Spirit to impact their life. Guys, when, we're so adamant about this because it's not just, hey, this will be a neat thing for your life. We're adamant about this because this is going to impact your life eternally. That's where we're so adamant about it. Our goal is to produce more of these, not these. Our goal is to allow people to have their roots so entwined and entangled in the lushness and in the beauty of the streams of the Word of God, the streams of life, that your life takes, takes hold in a way it's never done before. And so verse 3 is really... He is like a tree planted by streams of water. It yields its fruit in the season. Its leaf does not wither. It's describing the kind of life with a constant source of water feeding it. It describes a person who's always relying on God. Who's not going to step out of here today and still live their own life. But they're going to allow God to dictate their life. To lead and guide their life. And we have to make that choice of what we're willing to do. For God to do. In verse 4, 5, and 6, the remainder of this chapter, it, it warns of the person who doesn't do this. It warns of the, and it lets you know that if you don't want to look like this, but you want to look like this, it warns of things that you better not be doing. Even the first verse did that, right? Don't, don't walk in the plains of the wicked or stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers. It tells us that. But then he also says, listen, in direct contrast to the blessed person, verse 5 says that, that they're, they're going to be able to then come forward. And the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. He lets us know that the way of the righteous is to allow God, the word, scripture, to impact you completely all the time. It says the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The way of the wicked will perish. The way of the wicked will perish. I think my question is, what's the next step for you to jump into his word more, to inhale that more? So that you can exhale his goodness. What, what do you have to do? Maybe it's starting to pray over scripture the way I did earlier in the service. And calling out those things over and over. What I found, maybe I'm just a bit stubborn at times. And I need to repeat things over and over so that it will kind of impact my heart. It's kind, of, it's kind of like allowing it to weave its way through all the messed up parts of me internally. And so it can get to my heart and really make a difference. And so I need to do it all the time. 
all the time I have to sit in that. And I have to practice meditating and reading the scripture. And I need to do it. I'll go ahead and tell, I want to encourage you this week to read scripture aloud. There's something about it. That's why even when I do creative things uh, in leadership, I ask people, instead of using a computer, I give them paper and pencil. There's something about our mind it, uh, that triggers more creativity and more openness when we're writing it out. And so I found the same thing when I, I call out Scripture, when I can say it aloud, and sometimes people hear me and they go, what are you ta- who are you talking to? I'm like, don't worry about it. Hey, it's okay, though, because it's impacted my heart. But here's a, uh, here's a passage. If you would, take out this card. Everybody has the card. It came in your bulletin. We're asking for everybody here to memorize this passage this summer. This is a, we're not going to give you one every week. I already had somebody ask me that. Are you going to give us one every week? I could never do that. No, we're not. We're going to give you just this one. And for the really mature believers, we're asking for you to memorize Psalm 119. I just wanted to see how many people knew Psalm 119. That's half of you. That's good. Um, we're asking for us to all, we want to memorize this together as his church. And it tells us that, it says, you make known to me the path of life. You make known to me the path of life. Say that part with me. You make known to me the path of life. It says, you will fill me with joy in your presence. Say that. You will fill me with joy in your presence. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. The way I memorize scripture, I'll just go ahead and help you. If I looked at this passage, I'm going three words. Path, joy, and pleasures. I'm going path, joy, and pleasures. And that's how I'm I'm memorizing it. And we want to invite you to allow this. This is saying, I'll give you a translation of this even though I get to preach Psalm 16 next week. Here's translation of this. If you choose the word, if you choose Jesus as your path, you're going to have joy that you would never know any other way. And it's going to trigger a reaction in your life that will call out praise and worship forever and ever. Three times, by the way, there's three different places. David, in Psalms, calls out praise. It says forever and ever and forevermore. Three different times. It's like, is the forever not enough? (laughs) But it's so great, he doesn't know how to adequately describe it. And so he has to say forever and evermore. It's going to be unceasing because you're going to choose the path of Christ. If you're married, if you're married, grab your spouse's hand if you're sitting beside him right now. If you've got a kid in the middle of you, just push them out of the way. Grab their hand. Right now, you can just squeeze each other's hands and say, just think to yourself, we will choose the path of Jesus in our marriage. No matter what. Make the choice. And you're going to choose that. And as a result, there's going to be a joy that just jumps into that life, that marriage. And it's going to lead to you just praising God. Not only forever, but forever and ever. 
What are you choosing to breathe in? What are you choosing to inhale? And are you exhaling the joy of the Lord? Oh, he wants to bless you. And he's telling you how you can be blessed. He wants to encourage you. And he wants to see you meditating on his word day and night. He wants to see you. Allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you. Will you allow him to overtake your life? God, I come before you. And I thank you. God, awaken our hearts. Awaken us. Shape our emotions. Shape our desires. Shape our preferences. Awaken us, oh God, as we inhale you and as we also exhale you. God, shape us. Form us into your image. May we know that the voices that are influencing us, may we know the people around us, and Lord, may they never pull us away from you. May we push them toward you. Holy Spirit, fill us. May we know what it is to drink from streams that never run dry. And to experience the the incredible lush life that is with God. In Christ's name, amen.